Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, Sunday! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome to the Switchback Formula One podcast, a new F1 weekly podcast surrounding, well, race breakdowns, driver analysis, various shenanigans. My name is Graham, and I am not alone in this endeavor. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend. None of you know him. Maybe some of you do. But his name's Luke. Hello, sir. Hello, Graham. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. What about yourself? I cannot complain. I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, and I thought, who better to join me than uh, than this this geezer over the, over the pond? Very short swim. Yes. We basically do this anyway, just between ourselves, so <laughs> we might as well, May as well share, broaden right? our horizons. Exactly. Um, so a brief kind of insider context to us as Formula One fans. That's what we are at our core. Uh, I got into Formula One myself back in, it would have been technically testing Imola. I think it was like, I think it was like an Imola test or something to that effect or practice at Imola in 2001 with my dad. And But I, my first season I actually proper remember fully was the 2002 season. Uh, so my, so and I was... <laughs> Uh, not not too old so I've been an F1 fan for most of my life um, some of my favorite drivers include well naturally some of the ones I had the pleasure of uh, watching as I grow up and some that you see even driving now so the likes of Michael Schumacher uh, Fernando Alonso Kimi Raikkonen drivers that would have you know been kind of where they're more known for their pinnacle in the 2000s although Raikkonen and Alonso have done many good things since then as well but that is that's my kind of background on it. Luke, what about yours? How when did you start getting into the game, so to speak? I got into it. Must have been around two thousand and four, two thousand and three, when I was about five, from my dad, of course. Um I'm a lifelong Ferrari fan, as most of my friends know. Uh unfortunately, at this current <laughs> moment in time. Um I have got a few favourite drivers. Of course, Michael, being the Ferrari fan, is my absolute hero. Cannot put anyone anywhere near him at this current moment in time. Um, what else? I, I was probably first memory I have of F1 is 2004, 2005, I want to say. I can remember like things from before then, but like the first proper season I watched was Michael in 2005. I think it might have been oof <laughs> us us was there that's that sticks out for obvious reasons but yeah that's a what a wild first memory like the 2005 united states grand prix <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know why i just think because of it being the brickyard that that's always stuck with me for the, some strange reason not not the but, six cars that subsequently took part that day well, well yeah that 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 is a factor but yeah I just like bricks, I guess. Wow, what a brickhead we have here. Yes, yes. So anyways, uh, F1 2021 is basically, uh, it's almost here. The The Bahrain Grand Prix takes place in a few weeks' time. They just finished pre-season testing over the weekend. A very limited amount of testing this year, just three days uh, over the weekend. Not, not this week one, week two 
it used to be Monday to Friday. Then they more recently cut it from, I think it was Monday to Thursday. Yep. And now it's, well, this year, given circumstances, it's just, it was just three days. Uh, I guess off the bat, do you think that's too little or too much? Or is that enough? Is three days enough, so to speak? Three, with what they've done this year, with basically carrying the cars over, to me it's enough because, like, there isn't a lot different. Obviously, the floors at the rear is different, and you can spend your tokens here and there, but the actual whole car itself is virtually the same. Two weeks would have been far too much. Maybe four days probably have been about right. Sure, there would have been a few teams that would have preferred a fourth day, but like like you say, like a large, these cars are largely carryovers. Like the Red Bull, for instance, is called the RB16B. So yeah, which makes me curious. Like when it comes to the next year, are they still going to do the seventeen, or will they just try and get back onto continuation? Like this is our eighteenth year, we'll do the RB eighteen. I'd be interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan when they start mixing up the numbers. It always always gets to me and starts grinding my gears. It used to be worse in the mid 2000s because constantly like, wouldn't be too like too astray to have like. McLaren or Ferrari introduced like a B spec and then add a B at the end of whatever the the car was called. McLaren, I think, I, off the top of my head now, I didn't do any research on this because it was very off the cuff. But I think it was two thousand four. They had a, I think they may have had a like it's basically a new car midway through, and Ferrari had to do something radical. Well, they just they actually entered two thousand three with their two thousand two car mostly, and then yeah, that was the norm back then, if I remember correctly. And then, well, such a dominant car, uh, they just left it almost, and then the they waited. It may have been Imola. I can't remember exactly when in two thousand three they introduced the two thousand three spec car, but it wouldn't be too it wouldn't be too uh, too unfamiliar for car to for teams to do that mid season. So, um, but it does jumble up all the the the. The, uh, the 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 car names was, um, so they just finished testing in Bahrain. It's where they were recently, just before the end of the season last year. It's where they'll start this year as well. Uh, we're going to go through all ten teams, kind of look at each one, how they got on, um, and just general thoughts heading into the season. Um, good place to start would be. We'll start. Well, I wrote these out. They're I'm, they're mostly in order from where they finished last <laughs> season, but it's it's an easiest non-biased way to actually go through them. We'll start with the the reigning champions Mercedes. Eight. They're going for an eighth consecutive uh, constructors title. Everyone's most in the same boat. We all want to see something new uh, at this stage in terms of a winner. They had a difficult test. They did three hundred and four laps, which was the lowest of all the teams. Uh, Hamilton's sliding at 154 laps, Bottas 150, that is 16th and 18th uh, in terms of the 20 drivers for 2021 respectively. Um, what are your thoughts on Mercedes and their, I think what everyone agrees was a difficult test, where the, regardless whether they, you know, how much sandbagging was going on, it's, I think everyone's in agreement that it was a far from ideal test from a team that I think everyone has such high expectations for. Well, when it comes to Mercedes, we've learned to expect perfection. Like that that test from start to finish was just an utter mess. Like the 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 thing that stood out for me, every dinner time switchover, they were an hour late getting the second driver in for the day, to, compared to every other team. Then the actual car itself was, it just looked like an absolute handful, as Hamilton showed plenty of dimes. I think some of it is over the top and they'll get on top of it throughout, but 
the the actual car itself is not looking bad pace wise, shall we say? Um, but the Valtteri looked more comfortable than Lewis. Mm, he did, which is which is weird to say because Lewis normally is on top of that kind of thing, but he must have gotten used to leaning on that rear end of the car. It looks very similar to the Red Bull of last year. That's one of the things I have written down here as well. It reminds me very much of last year's Red Bull. Uh, quick, um, but quite unstable at the rear. This is something Verstappen had a few issues with in testing last season. Uh, it's something Alex Albon never, I don't think, ever really fully got on top of. Um, maybe Abu yeah. Dhabi, but then a little bit late then. Gearbox issues on day one after no shakedown, limited running. In retrospect, whether that was a coincidence or not, but in retrospect, seemed like a, a poor choice from Mercedes off the bat. Decent day two. I actually think they actually tried to pander a little bit to some positive headlines and have Bottas at the top. Oh, um, yeah, I, I think that as well. Not normally one for Mercedes to do, but I, I think that just to, to kind of... They did recover somewhat on day two, and then Hamilton uh, had... Yeah, Hamilton's really struggling with the back end, and it comes to this concept we'll be talking about often, is that the largely carry over for this year regulations they cut away some of the rear downforce especially from the floors and it's been really interesting to see how teams have gone about like a bunch like i've watched i've seen a bunch of different floors like all everyone's coming out with a different angle with uh with their how they're settling their floors start trying different floors we saw a bunch over the first the three days of testing we'll see more when they roll up for real well not roll up they're already there but uh when they actually get going they described the car, I think this is Bottas's words, I think Hamilton agreed, uh, as snappy and unforgiving, again, kind of similar, yeah, to the, definitely. Uh, similar to the red. So the Red Bull, other issues, they, so the Merck introduced, they introduced new, they introduced not a new engine, but they did introduce upgrades to their engine, did they not? Um, yeah, they did, they did, it was meant to be revolutionary, yeah. from what I, I remember the headlines on uh, race fans. And, I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, they didn't have a they didn't have a ton themselves, but Aston Martin had a few issues. We'll talk about Aston Martin's problems as well. But obviously, and um, they had a gearbox issue as well. That Aston, I believe, they use Mercedes gearboxes. So yeah, they do. It's not it's not perfect for for Mercedes. It's we look. I think we're all in agreement that we think Mercedes will turn up to Bahrain. And look, they to be fair, in 2019, like Ferrari were much quicker in testing than. Mercedes kind of got on top of what they needed to and they brought forward some of their upgrades to the first race and basically just completely turned it around from there. But they there was a, it did appear to be a genuine gap, a little bit of a gap, maybe not as much as the one Ferrari showed in preseason testing. But uh, and the, look, Mercedes had other issues with testing in the past, but this definitely felt like their worst test in the hybrid era for sure. But we both think that they're going to be pretty much there, thereabouts at the front of the grid come, yeah. come two weeks' time, right? Couple of tenths, like I don't, I don't think they'll bang it on pole, but in the race they'll be up there fighting with Red Bull for sure. Like it's not, it's not Mercedes, like Mercedes to uh, not be up there straight away. That like we said, there's not much changed in reality. The actual function of the team itself is all the same. It should, by rights, get on top of the issues in these next couple of weeks and bring a better, more balanced package for the first few races and then we'll probably start seeing them become the dominant force that we've known for the last seven unfortunate seasons 
I think now they weren't particularly great looking when the performance runs kind of the happy hour, so to speak, started on day three towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the day. Um, now, fair enough, some te- like not all teams partook in this happy hour. I know Alpine didn't, but even still, like there are some. There, I think closer to the end, Hamilton was pushing a bit on his on his tires and like the lap times. I know, like, look, it's all holding back and as such, but you're looking at like how the cars. Uh, handling uh, how the driver has to try and fight it, and it just didn't—it just didn't look particularly, uh, particularly stellar. I know. Uh, look, there's a, look. It's testing. Like you can't take everything as at face value. There's a lot being hidden, a lot being concealed for, for uh, when Q3 rolls along. But I don't—I don't think they're as bad as they showed Mercedes on pace. But I also don't think. I just don't think they're going to roll up and they're going to waltz into a victory like they did last year or in 2019 as well. No, the, 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 from what I noticed, I, I sat watching all three sessions most of the weekend, so I got a good idea of what was going on. But the the actual car was very hesitant. When, when the guys started turning in, it, it seemed very hesitant to chuck it in like other drivers that we're about to talk about were doing it was it was very very strange to see uh, the other thing and you mentioned this earlier is that if as a testing setup it feels like those teams who ran one driver all day rather than split the afternoon and morning between two drivers um felt like those who had one driver in for the whole day seemed to fare a bit better than those who had to split duties i i, I don't know if it was not that i had any inkling how to run a, a test program but i don't know if it was me i would try and see if you could get your driver to do one full day and then another full day maybe split one in the middle um yeah something, you, you something like that but it was interesting how the, the approach from different teams and almost mercedes chose to go in a different direction with uh with that compared to some of the other teams uh, is there any uh any other thoughts on mercedes before we move on Livery. The livery. Not a fan. Not a fan. I actually think it's nicer than last year's one. Mostly because they added a bit more of that uh, Patronus, Patronus, uh, what do you call it, turquoise, I suppose? Yes, I I do like that. It's it's the over the top. You don't like the AMG spam, do you? No. (laughs) Why? I think it's fantastic. I, I get it. Obviously, the brand placement and what have you, but... Don't need to spam it like that. This is too much. It just looks like a mess. No, I I like it. It's a controlled mess. I think. Mm. I do miss the stars at the back. To be fair, and, I do like the stars. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if they still have the one red star for Nikki. They, they do. They do. So I was looking for it. I was like, surely they've not got rid got rid of that. That that'd be a bit weird if they did. But no, it's it's right under the uh, halo. I think it's a very tidy looking car, and I think if they could figure out their issues with the floor. I think there's a lot of potential, obviously, on that Mercedes, as there usually is. Look, there won't look they've their track record of upgrading, and uh, you know it's it's fairly it's fairly good. Um, obviously, you don't get seven consecutive world titles without having some sort of track record of uh, car development. Um, obviously, held big time. Now, look, in fairness, their their opposition was Ferrari both years in 2017, 2018. Sorry, but uh, I don't like that. <laughs> um, a team historically, at least in the past decade, that haven't really. Felt like that. Felt like they haven't really nailed late season upgrades uh, compared to some of their constructors' rivals in the past, and it it proved true again in twenty seventeen and 
maybe less so 2017 but more so 2018 so uh, it's a tidy car though it's very i think it's very nice to look at it might not be completely done justice under the bahrain floodlights but i think get that car in in the open sun i think i think that's a i think it's actually i think it's actually a beautiful car they're not normally good with getting stuff right. It'll probably grow on me like a few of the other liveries have started to, where, where I thought when I first seen them, I was like, well, I'm not really a fan of that. But then they've started, I've seen them out on track, and I'm like, oh, that does seem to sit right when it's in the sun. And... Yeah, I think it's a step up on last year's one. But yeah, I know people, not everyone likes the AMG spam. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Red Bull. Um, they had a, what you probably call, well, I think everyone's pretty much in agreement that they had the best test out of everyone basically the winners of the test they did 369 laps which is actually seventh seventh out of all the, the 10 constructors Verstappen doing 203 laps at uh, sixth most and Perez doing 166 which was 14th feels like a tale let's I want to start the drivers first actually because it seems like a tale of two uh kind of outings uh, Verstappen just looked very at ease very comfortable as you would probably expect given that obviously the again, large carryover from last season. Uh, he was very much on top of that car. Uh, Perez obviously moving into a new, very different kind of surrounding, going from Racing Point to Red Bull. Different engine, uh, different kind of procedures. Uh, felt like he probably, he was talking about, uh, there's a story on race fans about how he felt it would probably take him about four or five races to kind of get up to proper speed. Um it's a safe way to cover bases, but I think Perez will be. I think Verstappen will be a bit more satisfied than Perez coming out of there, coming out of that test. Yeah, obviously Verstappen's already used to that kind of concept of car, whereas Perez has got to uproot himself from a team he's been with for God knows how many years, and then slot into somewhere where that car is built around Max, as we all know. So it's a very tough task. Like I, I, out of the two, I would have thought. Red Bull would have prioritised giving Perez more laps than what he actually got, but they didn't seem to do that for some reason. I know he had issues here and there, little niggles that they were trying to iron out on day two. Well, he lost but... a good bit of time with the one of the more, more the uh, one of the more bizarre incidents from testing, which when was it was him in the car, wasn't it? When he pulled out of the slipstream of I can't remember who was in front of him, but the engine cover just ripped off. Um, yeah, that that was a strange one. I've not, I've never seen a the the engine cover being two separate pieces, and then b it fly off in such a manner like it did. I wa- like, I watched that and I thought he he sla- I thought he'd hit him or something coming uh, yeah. coming slipping out of his uh, of his slipstream. But it, it, just, it just as soon as he hit that clean air, it just completely ripped. It was really bizarre. It, it could have been something as simple as it just wasn't fastened down correctly. Well, if it's a new system, then it's quite easy to have these kind of hiccups. But it, it might it might be something simple, but it might not be. It might be a flaw that we see repeatedly throughout the season. I hope it's not, because that could be quite costly. But I also liked how when it came back into the pits, all the Red Bull, uh, all the Red <laughs> yeah. Bull crew driver the crew would just <laughs> bounced on it and piled themselves around the car. So no photographer could get a picture of what the insides of the rebel was yeah, like. Yeah, that was gas. Um, I was listening to, I think it was Sam Collins of F1.com, who does all the tech stuff. And he said that even though like they try and do that, like you still get pictures, but it actually weren't as revealing as I think maybe Red Bull would have feared on the uh, on the way back in for, for Paris. So like, it was probably the only real major uh, blip for Red yeah. Bull. Um, they're definitely, obviously, look, they set fastest lap time on there. Uh, 
of the test, day three for Stappen looked very good. Probably he could have even gone faster. Like he wasn't like he was he was pushing, there's no doubt about it, but he was a bit higgledy piggledy at times as well. He I think definitely could have gone a little bit quicker. There was mistakes all over from what I saw on them laps, like the traction wasn't clean and kept running wide in sector two going up the hill. I know a lot of drivers were struggling with the wind through there, but he kept his foot on it one lap. I don't know how he kept it on, on the tr- kept it without spinning. It was insane the amount of grip it had. Yeah, it lo- it just it just looks like a very well hooked up car. Years past, like in years past, like Red Bull have stuck, I would say almost stubbornly, with their high rake philosophy. Obviously, the, the rear of the car being quite high off the ground compared to other cars. And I was thinking, even last year, I thought, look, like, guys, this doesn't work. Like, you've tried it for how many years? Like, it, it, it isn't working. Feels like this year, though, with the way they've cut the rear downforce, cars with a higher rake, or at least a car built to support better, a higher rake yeah. setup, seem to fare quite well. Obviously, the Alpha Terry we'll talk about is another one, but Red Bull in particular have stuck with that philosophy, and it looks like this could be the year finally pays off. For those that don't know, the rake is the ride height of the car. So it differs from the front to the rear. There's a basic explanation. Mm. But, but yeah, they were they were saying in commentary that this could be finally the year that it actually does work for them after being so stubborn, like you say. And those could be a, a switch for Mercedes that they might have to uh, adapt to. It's... It's weird, it is. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, after after all this time, like you say, of it not being the way to go, and I've been being so stubborn, if my finally paid off, we, we won't judge it just yet. But... Mm, it is early, but they do look. Whenever Mercedes pull out between now and then, I think everyone's in agreement that there's going. They're they're there. They're like Mercedes aren't going to take pole position by second or seven tenths. No, it's going to be tight. The like Red Bull are going to push them from the start, which is huge because historically, in the hybrid era, at least, Red Bull, they start, and not, not alone, of course, so they start too far behind the curve. Um, Mercedes can get their business done early. And to be fair, even in 2017 and 18, where they're Ferrari are pushing them, Red Bull are still catching up. But they all, Red Bull historically have always developed well as the season goes on. And as the season goes on, they pick up a few more wins and get a little bit closer to the action at the front. Start like and their big weakness has been starting season slow. This season, they it feels like they've got everything in place to start there or thereabouts. Even if they again, I don't think anyone's gonna be too upset if Mercedes are on pole come come uh, come the first race. Maybe a little bit, but just yeah. to see another team there, like you know, they're close. I think Red Bull are definitely in in it this season from the start. It seems like anyway. Is this an ulterior motive though? Is this Red Bull realizing oh? We've got, we've got to get our act together because if we don't, we're going to lose Max. Yeah, like, when's he? Is he twenty when, three? When's he? Twenty three, but he's got a performance clause. If I if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. Where if, if that car is not capable of winning the championship, then he can go and talk to other teams. When Mercedes have obviously got their drivers both out of contract at the end of the season. So. Right. If 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 any like look if there's a contract in F one, you know. If, like Jensen Button proved it many years ago, Racing Point proved it even last year, Sergio Perez, if there's an exit to be found, like there's, there's usually an exit, you can find some sort of exit somewhere if you really want, uh, usually. Yeah. Especially if you're a driver like Verstappen who has a lot of the 
I guess the bargaining power, so to speak, in negotiations like that. So, look, to be fair, like something that Red Bull would have always been conscious of, like it doesn't just factor into oh, we better get our act together. Like I think they they obviously know that really the, the situation as it is, but they give themselves a good chance. They can thank Verstappen's loyalty for sure. I was convinced at the end of like 2017 he was he was going to leave. I I, I remember being shocked when he saw. I think it was around it was close to the Malaysian Grand Prix, wasn't it? It was around that kind of time when he signed his extension. I remember being very surprised he jumped so early on that. But uh, he might have realised there's nowhere else for me to go. I mean, I might as well stick it out. There's nothing really coming my way in terms of teams that are going to better me down the line at this current moment. Well, if Red Bull give him a car to win, uh, certainly helps. Uh, just other, other notes on Red Bull. Uh, Hamilton described it as a, I think, quote, different animal. Um, again, a classic kind of Mercedes PR Play thing off. where like Andrew Shovlin was the same story in his his comments, like according to our data, kind of, you know, Red Bull are kind of in front or a bit quicker. Uh, classic, classic Mercedes downplay um, before they turn up and storm by like five tenths or something. Did you see what they put on Twitter? The, was it the video of uh, Hamilton? No, they, they, they said on Twitter, it, it was in quotes, we do not believe we are as fast as Red Bull. Yeah, it's, and look, maybe they feel some of that, but I, again, it's it's being it's, overblown for sure. On their side, it's, it's a smart thing to do, of course. It's a smart yeah, PR Take the pressure off us. Spin it Put somewhere it else. Them. Exactly. So, again, I think they'll be close. Another aspect that made them so such a winner of testing was their... So Honda, obviously, it's their last year in F1 before they hand over that IP to to Red Bull. Uh, everyone agreed to freeze the um, the engine regs from 2023, isn't it? Yes. Something like that. But, obviously, just the two teams running Honda engines, Red Bull and Avatari. No real major hiccups. They brought forward their 2022 engine, essentially. So a lot of potential for things to go wrong, especially given their track record. But honestly, if testing was anything to go by, they like, it was absolutely, it was pretty, pretty clean. No, no real reliability issues to really write home about. I think Honda could be very, can be very happy with how um, their engine has fared in both, both teams in this test. Yeah, they, they, they look like the best engine. If I'm honest, in terms of reliability, apart from Renault, obviously we, we can't really count them out because they're the only team that has that. I called them Renault again, didn't I? You did, it's Alpine. Alpe- Alpine. Alpine obviously supply themselves with Renault and all the teams now. But that, that Honda package looks to be mm. right up there with Mercedes <laughs> and maybe even better. We don't, obviously we don't know, but it could could finally be the year that we see Honda take that next step. I thought even heading before into the test that Red Bull, I think, were quietly confident about all these things, engine-wise and performance. Um, and I still think they may have a trick or two up their sleeve. I don't think they would have shown the full hand themselves at Bahrain I th- in, that for, in that test. I think they do have maybe a little bit in store as well, but enough to give their... They showed enough to give everyone something to really think about. Yeah, it's, they've got new. They've got new on board. There's going to be something else. There, there always is. But that 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 car, to me, on the long run pace as well, it looked really, really good. Yeah, I think everyone could be. Again, it's you always you always kind of advise 
uh, caution out of testing. But I think there's real potential that Red Bull can be right there to start the season. I think that's a really exciting prospect. Uh, any I other so. any closing thoughts on Red Bull? They were clearly the winners of the test. Um, purely just don't, don't chop Perez straight away. Just give him chance. Right. Well, here here's the thing at this stage. If if some if that car underperforms again this season, then it's clearly not the driver. Like you can't go any much different from the inexperienced Gasly, the very inexperienced Albon, and then race winner, podium finisher, um, you know, ten plus year uh, experience of Perez in that car. At some if 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 he fails this year, it's 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 very clearly the way they build that car around one driver. Like there's there's no other way you can look at like you can't you can't look at you can't look at that trend three years in a row and blame the driver each time. I think it's going to be if that car fails, it's going to be everyone's going to know why. Yeah, it's it's got to be something that they have to fight to run. If it, if, it, if this is the case again, surely the alarm bells are ringing, right? It's not the driver. Got to be us. We need to change it to more suit each other rather than just putting all our eggs in one basket like we have done since, well, Max came, really. It's good. got his first influence. It's a good basket to have, but if you want to win a constructor's title, uh, it does not, will not work, especially if Mercedes are, again, two strong drivers themselves. Uh, I have no more thoughts about Red Bull. I think they're going to be right up there. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, brings us on to the team that finished third last year, just um, McLaren. Uh, only eighth in total laps, so 327. Uh, 173 for Ricardo, which was 13th. Norris, 154, which was 17th. Quite low down for Lando Norris. Obviously, the big thing with McLaren this year is obviously the return of McLaren Mercedes. Uh, God, that feels so good to say again. <laughs> it just feels yes. right, doesn't it? It was nice to see out there as well. Very nice. Um, we do we ever find out why there is no Mercedes branding on that car? They, they didn't mention it all weekend. I was I was quite surprised not even to see like a, a Merc emblem or anything. Something small. Like I'm pretty sure they had it for Renault. Uh, maybe not last year, but definitely 2018. And obviously they had it for Honda because uh, well they know the sponsors basically. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, was surprising. Like I if I was had a Mercedes engine in the back of my car, I'd want to flaunt that shit. Like you like. I want everyone to know what's in the back of my, of that car. Like it's a it's a good thing to have. Yeah, like obviously with the with the name, it's it's sort of bought success, and that's going to bring in like really really good sponsors. Surely, like it's just good PR. Um, so, so low number of laps comparatively, but the McLaren are very happy, and they should be pretty happy with how their test went. They're it was smooth. It was reliable. Um, so the obviously the integration of their engine looks to have looks like it's gone well. Um, they got through their programs. It seems as well. If you based on comments from Andre Seidel, uh, I think they're in a really good spot. Um, they did. I don't think they showed their full hand either. Like uh, they didn't want to get too far up in the in the happy hour. Uh, I think they could have if they wanted to. Um, oh, definitely. But they, cho- I think they chose not to. I would say McLaren are easily, maybe not easily, but they, I think they are. They're going to be the third quickest car heading into Bahrain, and I think it could be quite comfortable in that regard too. But do you see them kind of further towards Red Bull and Mercedes, or closer towards your Aston Martins, your Alpines, your Ferraris, etc.? Neither. 
I, I'm quite in the middle with them. I'm, I'm unsure. I want them to be further forward because it'd be nice to see McLaren back up there. I don't really want to see him fight in the middle as long as good as that battle was last season. Mm. On from what I saw, they seem to be in the middle. Like they're going to be not close enough to Red Bull and Mercedes, but far enough in front of the chase in midfield pack, where they're just going to be fourth, fifth, sixth region consistently. Yeah, it kind of has it kind of has a same kind of feel as I guess Ferrari from F, from 2016 more towards the latter part of the season and I guess even Red Bull 2017 where Ferrari and Mercedes were pretty much at the front and uh, Red Bull kind of in between and everyone else behind that. Yeah, look good good pace, good reliability. I think they're in a really strong position. They definitely are winners for not only for just their it was very kind of a, very much a low key kind of test. They just got what they needed to get done they looked good doing it their diffuser also the big winner of testing as well they seem to have copped a trick that everyone seems to have missed now everyone will eventually catch up with that because i don't think there's any i don't don't think there's any kind of dispute as to its legality but they have found some extra downforce at the rear in a season where they're trying to cut some rear downforce so um so innovative innovative stuff from uh mclaren obviously james key heading up the uh technical department there i think they've uh, done very very well for themselves yeah i was just going to mention about the diffuser it, it seemed to stun quite a few teams like the, the, the commentators were quite baffled at what they managed to do and all the other teams and i'd seen them that they, they got they were checking it to make sure that it was all legal and none of them have seemed to have contested it so far that could change from now till the first race probably alpine <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I think <laughs> I think to be fair, we would have heard about it by now because yeah, because even last season with um, Mercedes's DAS system, Red Bull were very quick to seek clarification on its legality. Uh, very very quick to do so. Uh, obviously, no no DAS for Mercedes this year, so that's an extra benefit from them from last year that won't be returning this year. We'll see how much it matters. It seemed to matter more so for warm up and safety car restarts and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but still a significant advantage that they had over everyone else but seems like this diffuser mclaren have gone with is uh, legit um I, I think again these things are usually quick to rise in f1 with uh, these kinds of things especially in testing so i don't know a ton else to say about mclaren like they they just they did their business they look good doing it and they should be in a really good position uh for the season i'm the same uh, there's not much more i can say on them because they, they just seem to get on with it get all the programs done and just chill them last few hours. They were just going out, just belting around. They were doing. They were on the softer tires, from what I can remember. But they weren't really lighting up the timing boards. The the long run pace looked pretty similar to Red Bull, if I remember correctly. It well, it wasn't as fast as Red Bull, but it was definitely up in that region. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that McLaren can be that consistent third place team not only for their sake but for Danny Rick's sake yeah Ricardo seemed to settle in quite nicely at, at, uh, at McLaren it doesn't just yeah he just you could plug that guy in anywhere and I think he'll do I think he'll do the business but it's nice to see him with a Mercedes engine uh, finally in this uh, yes in this hybrid era he's been he's gone through the whole rigmarole really um, apart from Ferrari of course but never understood that decision he made but that's that's for another podcast <laughs> 
the Renault decision, I assume you're. Yes. Yeah, it's an int- like obviously he turned down McLaren in 2018 uh, to move to Renault instead. And look, it seems to be the right decision at the time with the. Yeah. They're on yeah. the up, but yeah, just just didn't. Well, they really wasted the first half of 2019. They their season didn't start till after Monaco, really. They did show them good improvements at the end, and uh, last year was very good as well. If they, they like, it's it's possible. Obviously, they're going to continue their upward traje- trajectory. Is Alpine, but yeah, I think Rick, I don't think there's any doubt that Ricardo made the right decision at that moment to uh, to move to uh, to move to McLaren. Are also on the uh, on the upswing. I have no other thoughts about McLaren, so let's move on to Aston Martin. Newly newly uh, named Aston Martin, obviously racing point last year, three hundred fourteen laps, which is the ninth. Uh, which is ninth out of 10. 197 laps for Lance Stroll, which is actually seventh. So Stroll got some good running in, but the driver who really needed to get some good running and didn't was obviously um, four-time champion Sebastian Vettel. 117 laps, that was the lowest of every 2021 driver on the uh, on the grid. And it just... Uh, look, they were winners heading into the test because obviously the livery was fantastic. But when the car actually got on the track, it just didn't really really work out for them in this test they're the team i'm most worried for Mm. out of everybody they've seemed to have gone backwards for some reason that obviously they had their issues with the mercedes gearbox the turbo issue on day three which sort of limited them taking part in happy hour the 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 amount of laps for seb was quite concerning He, he needed to get some decent running in that car to get understanding how it worked where he could push where he couldn't push and he, even when Lance was in it he didn't seem to have a happy vibe like Lawrence Barreto was saying during commentary that it just didn't seem to be a happy happy family from what he got out of him during an interview that the car seemed to be very understeery mm. It was not a good balance. Like obviously they could fix it all, but that's a lot of stuff they need to change to make that car even remotely back into that midfield pack. A lot of the bits on that car this year are their own. Obviously compared to last year where they carried over a lot of the twenty nineteen Mercedes over, controversially of course. Obviously the fifteen points they reducted from there for the brake rear the rear brake ducts obviously ended up costing them third ultimately. In the end, they had a really solid base heading into this season, and it just feels like they've taken a slight step back. I don't think it's as bad as testing made out to be. Obviously, day three wasn't ideal with, I think, it was 17th and 18th, weren't they? Uh, Stroll and Vettel. Yeah, didn't um, any, any fast laps in. I think, really. I, can't remember the, I can't remember the exact number for Vettel on day three. It was like 57 laps in, on day three, and you had Kimi Räikkönen, who did... Like one sixty like something, yeah, like it, something, was, it was bizarre. Something very high. Now, obviously, he was in all day, but you had others like Alonso and, and other drivers who were in half a day getting 60, 70, 80 laps out in. Yeah, Aston Martin are one of the teams. They look, they're the comparison for a lot of other teams in terms of the broadcast, looking at the high versus low rake, and yeah, I can't help feel that car is aerodynamically challenged. I thought their brake ducts were really interesting. The ones they brought over. Um, I didn't see that, to be fair. A very different concept. Uh, they showed the, I think, the 20, 2019 Mercedes, 2020 Racing Point, and then the 2021 Aston Martin brake ducts, brake ducts. Drastically different. They took over some of their components as well, so they could save their tokens, spend them elsewhere. 
Um, but yeah, I don't think it's as bad as advertised, but it was it was far from ideal, especially for Vettel, who's like a new team, new engine, just a completely new procedure of things. Compared to Ricardo, who had it so smooth and under the same circumstances, just wonder if Vettel might be behind. I think it was something like, compared to Gasly, who had the most laps, I believe, in testing, I think... I think he was, it was like something like 400 kilometers less, or maybe, maybe even 400 miles less than Gasly. Like it's it was a, over half of the laps, so if I remember it's correctly. It's an enormous amount to be behind, and it's running they all needed, and there are various issues. I do worry that they could be further down the midfield pack come, come, uh, come Bahrain in two weeks. They've got a lot to figure out. Yeah, they're going to be down there, unfortunately. It is... It just looks like a mammoth mountain they've got to climb to get that car anywhere near the 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 front running midfield pack because the front running midfield pack looks so close that they're, they're going to be in big trouble if they don't get that act together. And they've made a massive gamble by putting Seb in that car. As much as I love Sebastian, oh really? It it, it could go completely wrong. He, he might actually struggle with the the car itself even more than he did with the Ferrari we don't know he tried to play some of that down in terms of like it's up to him to kind of adapt and and that kind of thing rather than the car to him rather thing but I guess that kind of thing will come more so in year two rather than year one Uh, obviously Vettel wouldn't have been there last year to help kind of direct development or because obviously look you bring Vettel on board to be your team leader that's obviously you're building your car after him you're not building after Stroll so those, some of those wow. things might not kick it. Well, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Some of those things kick in the year two more so, but yeah, I'm worried for them. And actually, having seen their livery on track, I think actually think the green needs to be a little bit lighter. It actually looked quite dark, even in the sun on track. I think the lighting flattered it somewhat on uh, <laughs> during its uh, reveal. I, I struggled to tell the difference. When it, when it was in like a dark spot, I could not tell it apart from the Mercedes. Yeah. It's about dark it was. Obviously, found... like you, you could tell with the AMG mm. over the top <laughs> crap, but when it's right, when they're right next to each other, if one of them has an accident, I want to be questioning which one it is. As well as that, like I even think the Alpha Tari obviously kind of looked like as well. But um, any other any other thoughts on Aston Martin? Uh, they've got a lot to they've got a lot to, a lot of catching up to do. A lot of catching up to do. I hope they can because I, I really want the Aston Martin project to propel. Mm. Sebastian back up the grid and see him fighting for wins again, but that's about it. It's a lot of it is tough to say with them because we didn't get to see them for quite a bit of time during that test. They probably lost like half a day in total, maybe more. Yeah, possibly with other, with other gearbox and turbo issues that they had. Yeah, Vettel at least lost the last forty minutes of that last day. Um, yeah, even if he didn't want, didn't want to take part in happy hour. Um, it's still running you could be doing so. just doing laps after laps after laps that's all he needed mm. to do like he was out the back giving interviews like with Tesla's like 40 minutes to go mm. so talking about cheese with Ted Kravitz yeah not not. I'm sure not the <laughs> uh, not the start Vettel would have had in mind or a conversation for that matter but yeah to, to be fair him and Ted could have some random ones moving on which I'll try and chop on a little bit because um, we've only got to about what five teams in about 40 minutes so oh god by the way for podcast listening like if you're not listening to your podcast at one and a half time speed you're doing something wrong anyways so <laughs> fair advice moving on to alpine uh they have racked up a number of laps 396 of them for fourth most uh alonso in particular got some good laps in 206 of them to be exact fifth overall in terms of laps completed 
Espelacon 190 about 10th or so. So not not too much of a difference, but 16 laps, it's not that big of a deal, to be fair. <laughs> the thing I'm laughing because the only thing I could think about with that with that Alpine is the yeah, I know what you're say. is the enormous <laughs> airbox on the it top. Looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks preposterous. So for those who don't know, a lot of the F1 cooling irradiators are kind of stored in the kind of side pod area, the side area. Keeps the center of gravity nice and low. It's just the, seems to be the natural way to uh, to place them. But well, Alpine decided, nah, we, we won't do low center of gravity. Let's let's raise our our, our cooling and radiator stuff into the top where the airbox basically is. Have a <laughs> walrus-like looking top, uh, but streamline streamline. Excuse me, streamline the bottom, the side pods, and the sides of the car. Uh, to be fair, it looked good from the side. It did. It looked so beefy. Yeah, when from you, that front angle. Yeah, when you see that car coming down, you will not mistake it. Um, that innovation aside, it didn't, seem, it didn't seem to hinder them too much. They looked pretty decent. Now, it didn't, it didn't partake in happy hour at the end. Uh, but I think they're they're such a. I think to me they're probably the hardest team to gauge in terms yeah. of where are they? Are they closer to McLaren? Will it be closer, maybe towards what we think, maybe Aston Martin? I, I they think it's going to be close. Um, I think it was um, it's Martin uh, Bukowski saying that there's no midfield but field, which I think he's right in some ways. I just don't know where Alpine yeah. rank in that. I, I I couldn't place them. Obviously, the the soft running would have helped a lot, but even then, I, on their long runs, they were very very mysterious from the timings that I saw they were the the laps were very inconsistent shall we say I, I want them to do well but because I want to see Alonso up there as well there's, there's so many drivers this year that I want to see doing well that there's not going to be enough space <laughs> only three spots in that podium after all yes um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to call they're they're a very hard one to read. I think that philosophy could end up working for them. They were they were changing it quite a bit from what I saw as well. They were trying a lot narrower. It was still beefy compared to mm. other cars, but they were still it was it was narrower than one, the first one they had. They were changing the floor quite a lot as well. Yes, the floor the floor is something I have as well. They changed quite the, a bit the, of which is fine. The, it was changing like a, a tiny bit each each like session, but it was it was there. See, I don't think they can really change much of their cooling stuff. That seems to be a, like without affecting everything else in the car. Like that, it seems like a it seems like a philosophy choice they've gone for this year. It's going to be fascinating to see how it turns out. There might be some tracks where that does not work. Um, oh, Monza, that's going to hinder them surely. It's, it's interesting because obviously Monza is a track where they, they've actually ran very well at over the last few years um, with their with their almost they obviously clearly wanted to invest in their aerodynamics it's obviously been an area of need for them to improve obviously look when you're a top one of the top performing teams even that even that 2019 Renault like that was they ran like fourth and fifth in that yeah, race that, that was their best race that season if I'm not mistaken um, they were they were the straight line speed nowhere, stuff but... they were they were solid and again same last year but they seem to have really tried to uh, go for a bit more of an aerodynamic boost and so they've done make the decision they have with the uh, with the cooling, which is going to be interesting to see. It is such a bizarre sight, it really is. I can't get over it. Um, oh, I laugh every time I see it. It, it is, is preposterous. Hysterical. You see Alonso's beautiful mm -hmm. yellow and blue flashback helmet, and then you just look up just slightly, 
and it's there staring at you. It, it gets me every time. Yeah, it is. It is so good. The, the less I have to see of that, the better. But I also want to continue to see it at the same time. I think the livery helps it a little bit as well. The the blue seems to offset it. It's very it nice. Actually, I thought looking. To be fair, look, there's like there's cars that look nice on track and cars that look nice on board as well. Um, that may not look nice, kind of in a in the, in the general sense. I thought that Alpine's actually. I think. Some people said the Alpine was their favourite car in terms of livery-wise. I was kind of leaning towards Aston Martin, but now that I've seen that car in natural lighting and even the floodlights as well, I think that car is gorgeous. Um, it's not one of my personal favourites that are coming up to my my two favourites, <laughs> but it's, it's nicer than the Renault livery, I'll say that. Really? that's That would be an unpopular opinion for some, I think. Oh, I've, I've never liked the banana liveries. Oh, I I do like that shade of blue though. They could have done a bit better job, but it's still very very nice. I think it's very I, nice. I have, I have to say, is it, this is one of the best looking grids we've had a very long time. Yeah, I think so as well. I really do. It's only one that really bugs me. <laughs> well, we'll get to it, I'm sure. Um, or did we already cover it? Was it Mercedes? God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much more else to say on Alpine. Um, no. Alonso got the good running he needed. Ocon was solid. Yeah, can't no complain mistakes. with that. Um, it's all he needed, he needed to do obviously when push comes to shove and the race time comes uh, Ocon obviously won the, won the drivers that has the most pressure on them but we'll talk about that another time uh, any closing thoughts on Alpine I'm just fascinated to see where on earth they end up I think they could be quite high um, but I have no idea it's a very defining season this one I would say for them for them and their young drivers as well Yes. Um, if if Ocon doesn't perform, there is definitely a spot. There is a big Q forming. There's a big, big, big there's Q. a spot there, but we can talk about that another time. Let's move on to your your team. <laughs> um, do we have to. Yes, we do. It's actually not too bad, to be fair. Are you sure? I was quite disappointed. Well, we'll get into it. They were did well. And laps completed. Uh, four oh four, no errors. Ha ha ha. Um, four hundred four laps completed for third most. Good running from them. Yep. Um, 192 for Science, which was ninth most. Charles Leclerc, uh, Charles Leclerc uh, 212, fourth most. So good running for both of them, especially very important for Science to get some really good running. Now, he has technically used a Ferrari engine in this hybrid era. I believe the 2016 uh, Toro Rosso was a Ferrari powered uh, car before they switched to Renault and then switched to uh, Honda in 20, uh, 2018 themselves. But a uh, bit of a different power unit, obviously, from now than obviously in 2016. So Maybe there's some experience there, but not a ton. Not with the works team anyway. So, good running for Sainz. Um, the general chatter from Ferrari, they seem to be fairly content. The phrasing is quite key to focus in on. So, obviously, the big thing for them, obviously, they reintroduced a new engine. Um, obviously, after the directors last year, their engine uh, was very much the weakest in the field uh, behind Renault and behind the others uh, by quite a bit. Uh, not only that, the works Ferrari, especially in the hands of Vettel, was more so fighting the Alfa Romeos, more so than anything else. Um, how many times did... Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch Vettel and Raikkonen go at it. Um, yes. When they did. But Bonotto, Mattia Bonotto believes they're no longer... He says they're no longer at a disadvantage. Now, it doesn't mean they have an advantage, but it mean, in their eyes, that kind of means they're no longer losing out so much. They should be able to fight a bit more on a straight... Um, Bonato also believes that Ferrari have improved in many areas as well. I looked at this Ferrari and thought, my God, why did they put Burgundy at the back? But then, (laughs) 
I thought you might uh, bite on that, to be fair. Um, no, I was waiting. Um, to be fair, okay, one, okay, very quickly on the Ferrari livery, I don't care. Like, the green is fine. I actually don't mind that. And when you see the car coming down the straight, I actually don't mind the burgundy rear wing. I just don't like the way they faded into the burgundy at the back end of the car. That's my only issue. Oh, I love that burgundy so much. Uh, I'd rather if they just did the whole thing burgundy, I wouldn't have minded. But uh, yeah, to be fair, it, it was definitely one of the most contentious cars in terms of livery discussed. Um, which maybe they wanted, maybe they wanted to do that. Um, the one thing I thought with Ferrari was their long runs didn't seem to be that great. No, no, that, so that's where I was quite disappointed. They, uh, they, they seem to be on par with another team we're about to talk about, but which is not a good sign. Just I just wasn't I there's, wasn't there's there wasn't it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. It just I was wasn't expecting stellar. more. Yeah. I think they, they could be holding a lot back. So so, I, so Carlos Sainz went third quickest on the final day. I don't think that's representative. No, he was six tenths off of Max on a I wanna say he was on the C fives. As Max was on the C four. Um, I think they did some C four running on that Ferrari. To be fair, yeah. on day three, it wasn't bad. I just don't think maybe the. I think maybe the progression isn't quite as there as I think many would have expected. I don't know. Look, they could be close to Alpine. They could be close. They, I, they, I think they should be quicker than Aston Martin at least. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Depending what Aston Martin kind of turn around in these next uh, two weeks, but. I was just going to say, as long as it's just consistent this year, that's that's more and more than anything I like. Right, they spent they spent a lot of time trying to improve the rear stability of that car, which is obviously what crippled Vettel uh, last year because he needs a very, very planted car. Leclerc was able to manage that a bit better, but generally speaking, that thing was a mess at the back end. Um, <sighs> it, it seemed okay from what I saw on board. It wasn't as twitchy as it was last year. Yeah, which is a good tough, sign. Tough to replicate, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, I don't know how you can make it any worse than it was, but overall, though, their test was fine. Like it was, I don't have just... much to say about it. It happened. It to be fair. Now, to be fair, I will say this: their engines did, did seem to hold up quite well, reliability wise. I know science had some issues, but Leclerc conked out once. I think. Mm, that was on day one. I actually can't remember what that actually was for in the end but they, they got on top of it pretty quickly from what i remember as well and the other the other two teams that run their engines of being haas and alfa romeo ran extensive laps a lot of laps themselves didn't seem to be any issues there either so if nothing else that ferrari engine has seemed to be at least the all to be fair like that's the one thing i will say the engine reliability this year is very strong i know alpine are in a tough spot because only one only one team runs their engine so you're not getting that extra mileage, but I really did think that um, the re engine reliability that we saw in Bahrain was very, very promising. Yeah, it's the best we've ever seen. They said it several times in commentary. There's a surprise that there wasn't many red flags. That they were, they were making the joke that um, they were putting out the red flags at the end of the session just for something to do because <laughs> it was all so reliable. So for probably one a be... day. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hamilton was after. It was a morning. I don't think there's any in the afternoon, was there? No, there's obviously Leclerc and then Hamilton. That was it. And then I think they red flagged oh, for Perez's Perez. uh, yes. engine cover. But other than that, like now, to be fair, look, it's higher to crash in Bahrain than it is in uh, in Spain. Yes. So I'm sure there's part of that. Uh, but even still, 
very, very promising. Um, any other thoughts on Ferrari? I don't have much more to say other than Sainz got some good running in. That was really important. Hard to say where he'll stack this year, but he got some good running in practice nevertheless. Yeah, he, he seemed to get into the groove of it. He's not going to be on it straight away like most of the drivers that have moved teams this season, but I hope he can be. Also, I want to say what the hell was the shenanigans at the end of the session with Kimi. Yeah, what was that? So heading into, I can't remember what turn it is, the triple left-hander anyways. Did he think Raikkonen was going to give him the room or did he just send uh, it? I thought, I literally thought he was going to ram him off the road. Like it seemed that way heading down that second tier straight and heading on to the uh, the back straight just for the, the uh, pit, pit start straight. I thought he was going to run him off the road. It looked like he was racing him for real. Yeah, Kimmy. It looked like Kimmy was running away, scared. It was really weird to watch. The, the first shot you see of it, it just looks like Science has chucked it down the inside, and then you see it from Science is on board. Kimmy's gone out wide. Science has gone up the inside, and then Kimmy's turned in on him. It's, it's. I, I don't, I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary. Really, it's just put out, taken out of proportion, and yeah. Science has overreacted and. There's nothing really said about it afterwards, I don't think, anyway. So no, it wasn't that much of a deal. No. But um, it was bizarre because like, they basically treated the test like it was already over. Like They had flashed up the results screens. There was a few minutes left, like a few cars circling outside. But... And then it just cut to that. And then, <laughs> yeah, just two cars coming off of the uh, the sand on the uh, on the right-hand side. It was absolutely bizarre. I have no other thoughts on Ferrari. I think they're going to be... Me either. They're develop- yeah, they basically openly admitted that if this car isn't great off the bat, almost, in a sense, they're it wouldn't surprise you if they gave up very quickly on this car, obviously. And they've alluded to a similar kind of train of thought that yeah. they will focus prior. They they will prioritize quite early on the 2022, uh, 2022 car. You've got to, if, if, if it's no good, there's no point spending the time and resources on it. You just go with what it is. Small upgrades here and there, but that's about it. Focus on 2022. That's the big opportunity to claw everything back. Yeah, and I think they probably will as well. Um, yeah. First few races will be key, of course. Moving on to their partner, actually, I've went with. I actually jumped the gun here on on this team, but we'll go. We'll we'll we'll, we'll roll with it anyway. It's Alfa Romeo. Team tied for the most laps. They did four hundred twenty-two, along with Alfa Tari. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen doing two hundred twenty-nine, which is the second most. Uh, Giovinazzi doing one hundred ninety-three, which is the eighth most. I would say after. Red Bull and McLaren, I think Alfa Romeo are probably the next winners of testing. They got through everything they wanted to do. Uh, Raikkonen already thinks the car is better than it was last year, despite the downforce cut. They just had a really solid test, did Alfa Romeo. I, I was very surprised with them. They, they looked really, really solid. Kimi pushing in the in the happy hour at the end. It looked The car just looked nice to drive. It didn't look understeery like last year's just looked like Kimi could push where he wanted to. Obviously, there was a bit of lag here and there with steering inputs and what have you, but it just seemed to be happy in that car. Giovinazzi, from what I remember, Lawrence Barreto saying, didn't seem too happy, maybe because he wanted to get more time and get a better understanding of it. The, the long-run pace as well looked very similar to Ferrari, which is... Good for, for Alpha, but not good for Ferrari. Right, because uh, Ferrari operates on a much larger budget. <laughs> yes. Yes. Going back to, sorry, uh, going back to what uh, Bukowski said about a uh, field, 
it wouldn't surprise me if Alfa Romeo, albeit maybe at the back of it, but are close, closer to some of those cars in front. I, th- I think they've jumped into that out of the bottom Formula C, shall we say. Mm, is, yeah, very much so. There's very much a kind Into of the bottom B. three last year because of the gap difference between, I think it was Alpha Tari that finished seventh and then Alpha Mayo. Like, I think they had like nine points or something did uh, Alpha Mayo. Yeah, it wasn't the best. So big gap there, but I think they've closed up a lot already. Um, now, granted, Raikkonen's quickest time came in the C5, I believe, at the end. He did, yeah. Um, but I think, they, I think they, could be, they could be really happy with their test and I'm really interested to see how they are looking zero pressure on them to do anything this year of course they can focus on next year too is that Alfa Romeo the best looking car on the grid it is my favourite it's beautiful I love it so much it's a simple livery flip but it works so well yeah it's absolutely gorgeous I think they've knocked out of the pack and I'm very interested to see the performance of that thing as well especially in Raikkonen's hands uh, he showed look last year there wasn't much for him in terms of a car but 2019 he showed he still uh, even in that in a, in a slower car he still can get the job done so excited to look for that um Giovinazzi had some good running to be fair as well like 193 laps it's nothing to be sniffed at um no. so that would have killed to have that amount of running he Giovinazzi I hope he does something good this season I really do he needs to he's I, I consider him lucky to have a seat this year to be fair oh I was very we were both very surprised when we found out that he kept his seat that yeah He's got a long queue formed up behind him as well. Yeah. So he needs to get his act together. Maybe even more so this year. Yeah. Not just with the current drivers and the F2 grid, but obviously Callum Eilat in his uh, role of Ferrari itself as well. So I have nothing else to say about Alfa Romeo. I think they were very solid. Um, they should be very happy with themselves. Yeah. They, they, they seem to have taken that next step, got themselves into gear, and hopefully it's a good season for them. Here's hoping. Alfa Tauri next. They were tied with Alfa Romeo for most laps, 422. Pierre Gassi led the entire field and testing in terms of laps completed 237 i didn't see him there for that long i'm, I'm pretty sure didn't feel like he, it did it no it felt like yuki was out there more but that uh, might have just been me blanking out them first two days uh yuki sonoda 185 laps which is good enough for 11th overall gasly seems very like very it was very low-key test for gasly seemed to be very pretty happy uh avatari pretty happy with their running um, this test, I think, is more so. It was, I think, more so for Sonoda than, than anyone else. Um, than than Gasly, yeah. Gasly will just do his thing, give him the feedback. Um, I think Gasly is a team leader. Uh, it can help drive that car. And look, I I believe what they do, what what AlphaTauri do in uh, Fainza, is with that in their in their factory is legit. I do think that operation is legit. Um, they rejected some of Red Bull's components took some of them uh, obviously as their, as it's their prerogative uh, i think that operation is legit and that car now i don't think it's as high paced as sonoda made it look i do think they very much were intentional by giving sonoda some legitimate qualifying runs and multiple qualifying runs so that when put like when he comes to the session in q2 and q3 more so q2 he knows how to extract you know the procedures and all of this kind of rigmarole that said i do think this is another car with a high rake kind of philosophy, like the senior team. I think this car, I don't know. Do I think they can be ahead of Ferrari and maybe Alpine? I don't, they could, you could talk me into a number of different spots with them. I'm really not sure where they'll figure out, but they should be pretty competitive. It's going to be track dependent, but Yuki found out where he can push that car and where he can't. He spun a couple of times and went wide a couple of times. 
which was quite. It was nice to see someone actually giving it full full beams, mm. rather than half-hearted or not half-hearted, but more. He had more power than what most did, shall we say? Yeah, more power, more tires. I think he can be he can be pretty happy with his um, with his with his test. I think he did very well. Uh, France Toss he, he, rates him very highly too. He, 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 I think he surprised a lot of people with how good he was because a lot of people don't really know much about him because they don't really watch F two like you and myself. Mm. So no, there's one to watch out for. He, he can give Gasly a run for his money if he gets up to speed quickly enough. I think he can definitely push Gasly quite close. I do worry that he is, look, Snow is very young, obviously. I do wonder how his body will cope with some of the more intense kind of operations and races um, over a Grand Prix distance. Uh, but uh, he'll grow into that as well, I think. I think they're in very good shape. I just haven't a clue where on earth they'll... Uh... I couldn't place them if you, put, if you had a gun to my head. I, I couldn't place them. They, they definitely made a good step forward, but I don't know where. Uh, I'll tell you where they made a good step forward. There are white wheels. Oh, I'm not a fan. You don't not like them? I think they look fabulous. <laughs> I think they look great. Missing a, The car is missing a bit of white this year. You quite like their design. Um, I do like their design a lot. It's that is my second favourite livery. It's growing on me now that I've seen it on track. I don't. I still don't like it from the side as much. But at least I could see the the white wheels on the side profile, so I can make my peace with that. <laughs> and speaking of the the actual team itself, Karun Chandler made a, a quite interesting statement. He said that the average age of that team is like thirty two, thirty three, or something like that. They're very innovative, I think. Yeah, as well. Obviously, McLaren managed to get James Key from that operation as well. I think I think that I think that team's legit. I really do, and I do think once they have a obviously with the cap coming in this year for next year as well, with the twenty twenty two regulations, I think I think they could be one of the most interesting teams to watch. Like you could talk yeah. me into that team being on a podium next year for sure. Um, There's no doubt about it. I think they're. In, I think that setup is incredibly good, and I think it will definitely show in a cost cap Formula One. Any other thoughts on that for Terry? I don't have much else. I think they're in a good position. They're, they're a good spot. Interesting to see how it plays out with them and Sonoda and Gasly. That's about it. Uh, moving on to Haas. Um, good running oh. for Haas. Uh, 394 laps, fifth most. Uh, 181 for Mick Schumacher, 12th most. Uh, Mazepin got 213 himself, which was third most. But we won't spend a lot. We won't spend long on Haas. They basically have already mailed it in. Um, they basically already admitted that this car uh, will see very little, if not any, development across this year. They brought a few a few pieces over from last year, um, new pieces. They are, they saved, they didn't use their development tokens, did they? They didn't use a single one. So tells you everything that you need to know. They're very much mailing this one in, focused on 2022, and more so, again, and again, it's the same focus for this test as it is this season. Just get their rookies experience, get them laps, get them a bit of competition, get them to grips procedure-wise, all the, all that kind of thing. And that's basically what this test was for them. Yeah. I, I don't think Schumacher got as much running as he wanted to in but, that first day. Mm. See, there was an issue with the car or something, if I, if I can remember correctly. The running um, he had was solid. Um, yeah, yeah. He was slow, he sort of slower than Mazepin, if I'm not mistaken, as well. 
I think Mazepin, to be fair, they got a bit more qualifying runs for Mazepin yeah. than than Schumacher did. Obviously, Mazepin was one of the cars that was out there and happy hour, basically, as well. Um, or in that last hour, so to speak, where teams ramped their activity up a little bit. To be fair, I did not like that Haas livery. Whether it will change or not remains to be seen. But on board, that, that car, does, from the front, I think that car does look quite nice. It's growing on me. I don't like it for what it represents, but I like yes. it for the look of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, we're in, of them. I think we're in agreement there. I will not be surprised when they're told they have to change that uh, livery. Um, yes. But I do think the the more pure white they've gone for is a big, is a nice nice step. Yeah. Anything else on Haas? I'm, that's all I have to say about them. No, they, they just basically said we're going. They're going to be the slowest team for me on the mm. grid. Yes, I think they will be the slowest team, and not, uh, and not Williams. Um, I think yes. Williams. Interesting to see what they do. Uh, six most in terms of laps: three hundred seventy-three, one hundred thirty-two for Latifi. Actually, that was nineteenth lowest for Latifi, and one hundred fifty-eight for Russell. Fifteenth. Uh, We'll talk about the livery in a sec because that's the one positive I have to mention about with them. But I cannot understand for the life of me. You've got three days of testing. The most limited testing has been, basically, in this era, at least. Maybe ever. Um, you choose to have one of those three days filled in by a driver that isn't going to be driving your race car in 2021. Uh, Roy Nassani took over for day one. Um, Russell couldn't even get a look in really in the second part of that day with the sandstorm. Basically, um, they just—I don't—they they didn't. I don't think they decided to actually run. Did Williams in the afternoon? Did they in the end? Yeah, it was very limited. Um, extreme conditions, obviously, with the sand. But Russell's majority of Russell's running came obviously in day three, where he had the whole day. Um, why you would have your best driver, your leading driver, regardless how, if you think he's going to leave at the end of the season, why would you have your lead driver, your best driver by far? Only have one day of running. Um, he got good running on that day, but uh, baffles me as to uh, why Williams allowed this to happen. It baffles me. Of all people to put in him, it, uh, it, that shocked me. Like, surely you'd chuck in Aiken, who has experience of last year's car, in a race scenario rather than the son who's only had the practice sessions. And surely you'd chuck George in first. Yeah, it's bizarre. Which not. It's it's a bizarre I, one. I'd, I'd put if you if you're gonna put the test driver in, put him in the middle, like, and you've got your other you got your second driver on the last day, getting him the quality experience, getting him a good few race runs in. But no, we decide we're gonna put in the pay driver, <laughs> which is what he is to them. He's paying the bills, and the. Uh, Got a full day of running, which is absolutely diabolical. Yeah, I hope the check was worth it. Now, that said, their test was decent enough. They showed some decent promise, did Williams. I don't think they're going to finish higher than ninth this year. But they do seem to be more, a bit more serious than uh, than Haas about developing their car through the year. Uh, I do think, obviously, they'll obviously bail quite early as well. Uh, well, sorry, it's just uh, more so, sorry, they brought over more new pieces rather than... Uh, than what Haas did. So they won't, won't develop too further into the season. But I have to be honest, that livery they revealed was one of the more out there ones. I liked it quite a lot when they revealed it. And I'm, I think I like it even more now. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan to start off with. And then I seen it on track. And that yellow, mm. oof, that yellow hits the spot. It's so good. 
we both we both made the comparison of uh, it being an F1 2020 video game livery. Yeah, but it well, nice does look smart. I'm, I'm very surprised about the lack of sponsors. I think that will come like, in time as well. They're still even rebuilding. Even the placement of them, though. Like, to be fair, like when you when the car leaves a nice big open space, it's literally is a walking advertisement that your name could be here. You know, I mean, McLaren is a similar similar situation as well. They're they they don't have a title sponsor themselves. Um, it's only a matter of time before they do because um, more and more McLaren McLaren is becoming something you can invest in again. I think that's becoming pretty pretty clear. And Williams will be the same as well. Maybe not maybe not immediately, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say about them. Their test was fine. Um, showed some decent stuff. Um, limited their running slightly. Um, got a good number of laps in regardless, uh, despite having their their pay driver in. Um, and I have nothing more to say about them. It was just nice to see them to have their act together. Instead of the panic that yes. we've seen in previous years, they were ahead of schedule by a couple of weeks. That car was... Belting around Silverstone for the filming day. It was just good to see them on top of things, organised. And the car looks good. Yeah. I think, that's, 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 that's as much as I can say on that. Yeah, I think they're in decent shape. Uh, be interested to see how they fare this year as well. Um, especially with this yeah. progress they made last year too, where George Russell was able to get into Q2 uh, on multiple occasions. So I expect that to continue this year as well. Um as whose expense we'll find out, especially if Alfa Romeo, who are the other mainstay in Q3, uh, if their if their progress is significant, that might be tough for Williams because um, part of their part, well, part of Russell's evolution out of Q out of Q3 was more so dependent on the fact that Alfa Romeo and Haas and Latifi basically were your other five drivers basically who were uh, basically uh, meaning you could progress and depending if you caught Danny Kvyat or whoever any other reliability issues there in Q1. Uh, so it might be tougher for them, but it seems like they'll be a bit more competitive. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's just about covers. That was all 10 teams. Um, any final thoughts on testing as a whole? On a whole, I'm very excited. But the actual test itself, I love the fact that it was on a weekend. So yes. good that I could actually sit there and watch it. I've never had the chance because of work and school and stuff in the past, to not to be able to sit there and look at their cars for the first time before they've hit the track properly. Mm. That was good to see. And obviously it was obviously broadcast live as well, which hasn't always been the case as well. Like TV live, not radio live. Yeah. Um, so that also was, the track choice was good. Yes, very convenient. Um, obviously Bahrain... Um, the Twitter account made a fuss last year, obviously, with the uh, obviously because there was a the I can't remember if it was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty where the um, the snow disrupted a few days in Spain and Bahrain were just casually flexing their uh, their nice weather, um, so they've wanted this for a little while as well, to be fair, and uh, it was worked out well. Um, whether it will be more representative of running or a general thing, we'll we'll see. Um, Spain is a tough one because obviously that is a Mercedes stronghold. It has been. Apart from 2016, which they obviously should have won as well. Um, yes. I think they're the only team to win there in the hybrid era, other than that one anomaly in 2016. Yeah, yeah, that's um, correct. It's one of the few strongholds, well, it's one of the strongholds Mercedes have. Their other one, which was Abu Dhabi, was broken by Red Bull uh, last year, which is obviously the optimism into, from that race, from their testing heading in, that maybe they can hoist a challenge. It's going to be really interesting. 
Um, interested what, what general note we're interested to see the tires the 2021 tires new tires for this year whoever can get to grips with those will be in a good spot get those tires to fire up and operating in the correct manner i think we'll have a decent advantage out the gate as well so whoever can get on top of that i think it's gonna be in a good, a good spot as well yeah definitely well that just about covers it oh one more thing uh, i actually didn't, didn't prep you on this uh, Drive to Survive season three is out on Friday, I believe, nineteenth on Netflix. It is. Any thoughts or predictions? I think everyone's hoping for a, a, another Gunter Steiner show. But uh, what do you reckon, season three of um, Drive to Survive? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I've always loved. I love the first two series, so I'm, I'm optimistic on how they're going to play things and twist things. <laughs> yes, as they as they seem to do. Always a few headlines that emerge out of. Uh, out of the special inside Netflix get into uh, into the yes. operations there. Uh, interested to see, I think the Mercedes one was in Russia this year, wasn't it? And obviously where Hamilton had his pit start, uh, pit stop, uh, pit start procedures uh, cost him some time. Obviously he basically ended up handing Valtteri Bottas the, uh, the race win there on that day. So I'm interested to see, when things go wrong at Mercedes, I'm interested to see their reaction and such to that. So I'm interested to see how the team reacted to that and obviously how other teams react to the various very different 2020 they had racing yeah i've heard the mercedes and ferrari episodes are very very good yeah the ferrari one i heard is quite good as well uh, so looking forward to that especially because obviously those two teams weren't even a, a part of season one so yeah any any interaction we get with those is a is a bonus well that's going to do it um be another one of another edition of the switchback formula one podcast next aim for next monday or so uh, we'll go through some preseason uh, predictions, kind of nail some colours to the mass and see how they see how they end up come the season end. So as uh, we head into race week next week, it should be very exciting. I, I I cannot contain my excitement that it's finally coming round. I know it seems forever, but it's we're like we're here. Like well, the test just happened two weeks, and uh, yeah, we are Ooh, we we're are back. we're going. Thank you very much for joining on this fine evening, day, morning, whatever it is you uh, choose to choose to listen. I've been Graham. That's been Luke. And from two of us, until next time. Bye.